Hello guys and welcome to another episode of the Injury Time podcast your one stop shop for everything on Indian football carrying on you know guys this is a footnote special episode a series where we try and answer all your questions that you shared with us over the past few days and to help me address your questions are first up sandeep hello hello and also guys abresh mina who joins us abresh mina hey welcome to the show hi thank you we move on guys to the questions that our listeners have sent us sandeep beginning with you first uh this question comes in from trevor pereira and he wants to know will fc goa will be a force in next season gaining given the experience that they are gaining playing at the highest level in asia now absolutely they will be a force so this is what i want to talk about yo juan franlo mm-hmm. india is very lucky to have him fc goa is very lucky to have him because i think he is tactically the most astute coach in the isl especially last season him and chabal also i'll put in around the same bracket maybe yuan a little bit higher because chabal was let down by his uh, his players who just couldn't find the net like team took them there and they just didn't convert but i would say look at fc goa squad right their second after the first level their substitutions their uh, squad depth is not great the the top players that they had you know the high earners the coros and the jahus and the bumus they lost them all they bought uh, significantly uh, lower level in terms of money that uh, they bought the talent level if you associate it with money they bought at a lower level and he they competed with every single team there was no team who was you know who just overran goa nobody did that everybody had to fight for whatever they had to win or get a point or whatever it is against goa and this guy in a pandemic situation season he rebuilt the whole team changed their style of play to to a more dynamic one i would say and then after that lost uh, brandon for a long period of time with multiple injuries i think lost lenny because of whatever okay. happened behind the scenes uh, with the player and the club then decided uh, the goalkeeper decided not to be not to resign so they had to find a separate solution for that and all this he managed to do without actually damaging anything like look at the foreigners he, he brought in they worked so well and the nogera and uh, angulo the two who has not gone to the afc champions league were unbelievable they were so good this season ortiz is the best dribbler if not the one of the top two foreigners in this uh, last season i would say so all things considered he has done an excellent job and he has managed to stick to the ethos of the club of giving chance to the youngsters also princeton has made a name for himself sanson came through Romario Jesuraj who was signed and then loaned and now he's come back. Now he is a major player in that team. And he had no cover after Angulo. He had to play Ishan uh, whenever like you know he used Ishan for maybe last 20 minutes because that's all I think he trusted him at that point. But he's found solution everywhere, maximized everything about that team. Who in the semi-final I I would say they played better than Mumbai. and they probably deserve to go through but it's a tough sport and uh, mumbai uh, credit to mumbai for uh, you know reaching the final and winning the whole thing but he did it all without spending like mumbai or spending like uh, atk mohan bagan that's 
phenomenal what he has done is phenomenal and all i can wait i'm i'm really waiting to see if he manages to give franke buam some chance because i think he's one player that uh, i saw him when he was playing for uh, sc bangalore united uh, the year before you know the first half of the second division last year before covid hit he's he's a good he's a good midfielder he he's one of the rare ones in indian football who can do you know who can go places but uh, he needs some chances so i think that that would be his next move and uh, if goa add couple more players uh, add some strength in depth could get some good indian players because their the drop off in the level after the you know the first say 13 14 is quite high uh, they will be an absolute force to be reckoned with i think they will be anyway but uh, if this happens they will be very very difficult to deal with Well, Trevor, that's the answer for you. Moving on to the next question, we stay with the Spanish flavor. Uh, Abhishek Mina, coming to you. This question comes from a Twitter handle which goes by the name at the rate Guardiola08. And the question is: Since most of the successful ISL teams have played under Spanish coaches in the past, isn't it isn't it common sense that the national team should also have a Spanish coach? Okay. Um, I genuinely think there is way too much uh, focus on the fact that uh, we have a lot of uh, Spanish coaches in the ISL. Yes, it's been there actually, but it doesn't mean that the same formula is going to work in the national team as well. We have to understand that even if the Indian players manage manage to hold on to that style in the ISL, it's because of the entire team environment. so if you cut that whole team environment and the set of foreigners that they have to you know lead them or help them around it's very difficult to find uh that ethos or that style of play in a team full of only indian players so it's it's all it's honestly it is about understanding the strength of the indian players and not just focusing on what style of football do we want to see from the national team right it is about how the players play or it is about how indian football is conditioned we are not there yet we we still for somebody for a team to play out from the back you need a lot of confidence and level headedness in the back line right so if you don't and lot of understanding like you know we mean mentioning how one has done it with the team but we his central defensive pair is ivan and uh, donaki right so you know you have to understand that everything that you see in the isl is not going to work in the national team it is about uh, what the bunch of indian players together can bring to the table and that it may not be the same it definitely is not the same actually Well, not the same situation when it comes. To and also, it's the time that these coaches get on the field. If you are a, a club coach, you have you know four or five days before a match, and four or five days before the next match, and two months as preseason. So all these things add up to the way they play. International football, the players are there for you know one week, or maybe play one friendly, and then after that they'll play one game and then leave. So to instill a philosophy. Or to play in a certain way, which, as Abhishek Mina very rightfully said, that we are not good enough to do at this time, will be very difficult. We we have to we just have to play what to our strengths. And culturally, our strength has been to defend and then try and hit on the break. 
because we are not a superpower in football despite what uh, people might uh, you know think we are because look the, we are around 100 so uh, yeah we, we are not good enough we, there is 215 16 teams in right. fifa ranking we are bang in the middle of it so uh, yeah there is a lot of time before we can find a certain way to play and get to that level so uh, at the moment i think just stick to what we can do i i would actually prefer an indian coach at the national team level to be honest I yeah, even I second that. I agree with Sandeep. Seriously. Like, have an but like the Mike Mooney said, the Swedish soda <laughs> and, you know, ATM whiskey will not allow that to happen. Correct. And one more fellow, but uh, yeah. Let's not even. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Like, national team is cut from a different cloth, my friend. So, things that you see in the domestic circuit more or less won't work when it comes to the national team. With that, we move on to the next question. Sandeep, this one's for you and it comes from Nirmal. He wants to know, is Chennai City FC... a uh, proposed takeover of chennai in fc uh, going to happen what what uh, what's the update on that front um i don't i was told it's not happening but this absolute truth is that uh, these kind of things are often told to us and then it does happen but um, yeah i wouldn't bet on it i don't think it's happening but either way i think rohit ramesh will be coming on the podcast soon and uh, yeah we can ask him that and let him talk about that directly Well, so normally you need to wait for us, uh, wait for that podcast when it drops. Uh, the one with Rohit Ramesh, the owner of Chennai City FC. Abhishek, we are coming to you with the next question. This one comes from Roshan. Uh, there are there are two questions. First one is, uh, are the fixtures for I League I League two out? No, not yet. So that that answers the first one. The second one. Even though if it would be happening on time, to be very honest, so yeah. So yeah, we need to wait and watch on that second one. is it possible to watch the indian women's league whenever it happens yeah so i think the uh, whole question is if it's possible to watch indian women's football so mm-hmm. yeah uh, the friendlies that we had recently uh, the uh, the place of uzbekistan the friendlies happened in uzbekistan so it was uzbekistan's youtube channel that was telecasting it so that's how we were able to watch those games so yeah it's trying to find uh, sources every time you're not uh, you can't be sure of uh, exactly one place where it's going to come if you talk about the indian women's league uh, the iwl usually is a uh, telecast on um, aiff's uh, facebook page so that that way there over there it can be you know it it, it can always come over there or the uh, aiff's uh, page would always have the uh information of where to you know uh, watch those games about respective state leagues it's usually you you there's it's very rare that you will find all uh, women's football games being uh, broadcasted somewhere or the other uh it's started to happen so uh, i'm hoping that it will happen regularly in the time to come but uh, right now there's no real uh, regularity it's always uh, you have to every single time you have to just find uh, where you can, you would be able to watch it and uh, maybe not like uh, odisha uh, league also i mean all the games all the games were not telecasted there were some games that were there on uh, odisha's um, facebook page but then not all games were there so it's it's on and off like that um I mean, obviously, there's uh, if if you want to uh, follow women's football, there's obviously this Twitter handle for women's football India. So you, you more or less you'll always find information about where to follow, where to see games over there. So yeah, that's a good place to follow. Well, Roshan, one thing that you can make out from Abhishek Mehra's answer is the struggle is real. 
to find a live stream but you can follow her also you can follow yeah, you can follow as well absolutely and you can also it. follow injury pillarimas also a uh, very good source yep. yeah there you go so moving on with that to the next question this one comes from subhash sandeep this one's for you what what are the plans of rebuilding the bengaluru football stadium like it's been happening for a very long time No, nothing's been happening for a very long time. They just said the planning stage is going on for a very long time. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, they said it in 2013 that uh, people, I think, um, it was a Khalil era, if I'm not yep. mistaken. It and is. Khalil has since moved on, and uh, we have a new sort of, you know, Rene Harris is leading the team. I don't think there is any, you know, not that I don't think there is no plans as such to rebuild the stadium at the moment, uh, especially now given the fact that they have sort of invested so much money in Presto. So uh, rebuilding the stadium is sort of out of the question. It could have happened at that time because JSW were interested, uh, Embassy Group was interested, uh, Ozone was interested and there were some, you know, uh, tenders and some shady business and how the tenders uh, were given to the Ozone people. now it seems like they are sort of moving away and there is no hurry right right now to do this also that was because of the under 17 world cup everybody wanted to host it now it seems like there's no reason and anyway there is no training pitches nearby and you know all those kind of things that goes along with a big tournament they might be able to do some jugaad and get it all done but still it's a hard task and uh, yeah it it doesn't seem like it's going to happen because some of the area of the stadium is also used by other commercial ventures so if you want to rebuild and reclaim the whole place they have to you know get back the space that the sublease it's a it's a big mess i don't i don't think uh, anything will happen anytime soon all right with that we move on to the next one abrish mena coming to you this trevor wants to know with players performing at the afc champions league uh give a better idea of who can play for the national team at the international circuit we talked about in the previous uh, the first question that i answered about uh, isl the spanish question uh it's pretty much similar it's not that what you see at the club level would exactly be replicated at the national team level it's also about what uh who fits the bill in terms of what stimach wants on the field right so and of also giving debuts is not experimentation every time you know uh it's not that if you're giving debut to like four players you are experimenting maybe you have a set plan which is why you're giving debuts so it's it's not always that if if somebody if you know is debuting it's like it's experimentation with the lineup um so yeah i mean there are lots of factors around it uh but yes i mean like like if we mentioned previously as well i think um it's about uh, what stimach wants uh in the team and depending on that he'll select players you can't uh, expect exactly what happens at the club level to be replicated in the national team as well uh so yeah it's the lots of factors it's not necessarily uh that you know like for example if you see goa right now all the indian players from goa will get uh, a place in the national team it doesn't happen like that uh so yeah it's that that's how it is well two different competition two different teams to begin with so two different avenues and two different atmospheres to deal with uh with that we move on to the next one this question comes from manju and we stick with the acl uh he wants to know since the acl is going on uh would you see an indian club play in the east zone 
or is it up to the federation to choose which zone they belong to who wants to take this one i thought you were the one doing uh, you know serious research so oh, yeah. you take it yeah probably so from what from all the statutes that i read and the rule regulations for the afc champions league that i could make sense of uh, it's like it uh, occurs to me that it's not up to the federation to decide which zone they belong to it is uh, divided based on the geographical location of each country so uh, let's begin by saying afc has five zones we have east west asean south and central so west zone comprises of the west central and the south zone and the east zone is made up of asean and the east zone there are 26 teams in the west zone and there are 22 teams in the east zone so uh, i don't and the geographical demarcation is uh, right closer to india so india falls on the west zone so it's not up to the aff to decide that if they want to play in the west or the east zone you end up playing in the west zone but having said this in the afc cup uh, when you go into the no uh, knockouts before the revamp happened where india started competing against the central asian teams it was uh, india would end up playing with the uh, southeast asian team that are the asean teams in the knockout stages so but when it comes to the champions league it's always been the case that the team ends up playing in the west zone since south zone is part of the west zone i think manju i somewhat answered your question there if not probably we could carry on this conversation on twitter there is a that they can't afc decide to put one team or the other but on their discretion something is there no? uh so basically there is but uh, i went back to for the, to the past 15 editions of uh, the a- a- afc champions league i have never seen a team from say west or the central zone play in the east zone so i don't know at what point does the afc decide okay one team from this a geographical zone can play in the other zone chalo with that we move on to the next one this question sandeep let me bring it to you any thoughts on on the salary cap violation that we've seen uh, in the domestic circuit is there a way to prevent it what are the loopholes uh, some light on that uh, the question comes from uh, shreyas very obviously salary cap is in the isl there's no salary cap in the i league as far as i know uh, salary cap in the isl is just for the sake of it i think it's around 16.5 crore uh, in the last edition evidently most clubs are in violation of that uh, probably the exceptions will be chennai and goa northeast uh, odisha northeast and odisha especially northeast because the way they are run you know they are not going to exceed budget and uh, kerala blasters also i think are not in violation but uh, yeah what what i would say is that so basically what happens is uh, all the contracts that the, a club signs with the players have to be sent to the aff uploaded in the to the aff and there is someone who is there sitting there and tallying it so the first question we have to ask is who is there checking if anybody is breaking a salary you know salary cap so uh, to find there is there is a deviation between you know uh, what they are paying and what is actually allowed to pay the clubs have come some of them have come with interesting ways to uh, maneuver this uh, clubs are also very smart um some of them have uh, different contracts you know so they might have separate contracts so like let's say i sign uh, nareen peter for 50 lakhs and uh, put that's too lakhs. much for me ah i wouldn't pay 1000 rupees for correct But, uh, yeah yeah in fact i'll take money from you to pay which also happens eh? sometimes there are some <laughs> examples of that also in professional league where players have 
you know found their way into the team because of certain uh, not sporting merit but, but this is like happens quota all across india but that happens even even in la liga they recently had got chinese players or some something like that right because they were trying to get some deal done or something they gave some chances so these yes, are all commercial expansion. yeah these are commercial things that bleed into the sporting merit so another things you can do is get a contract for say 50 lakhs say it's for 50 lakhs and uh, but in reality you might be paid 70 lakhs and the 70 the 20 lakhs come separately through a let's say a settlement and or something like that so uh, that those are one thing this is something i heard about some cert- certain uh, players i don't think all of them are in the same category but it does happen uh, there and loan fees uh, transfer fees are not part of the salary cap so obviously if you get a player on loan that fees is not counted and what is the second part of the question uh what are the loopholes and uh, is there a way to prevent it sorry i was on mute uh prevent it look it happens world over it's not like only in india there is all these things it's difficult to regulate all these things sure you can try but one of the things i was speaking to a coach about to get some details about this uh, although he didn't go into the salary side of things he said why is there even a salary cap like why not take it off completely because if let's look at it in the sense like would we be as proud of uh, a, like a northeast fc is in the sense that the lowest you know economic power in isl let's say or among the lowest chennai spent uh, very thriftily and very smartly most of the time as well so these clubs when they go and win you feel like oh okay they have you know beaten the more wealthier sides like mumbai or bagan or even east bengal last season for that matter they who had the financial clout to go out and get good players so they did it or not is a different story but if in the same vein we look at an aizol we look at a minerva chennai city uh, maybe bfc in the first season the reason why we look at those achievements as such amazing achievements is that we knew there was no salary cap and there were people going uh, helter skelter with uh, signings and these guys had to not just overcome the financial differences but also be very astute very smart in the way they went about their thing to be successful and that's the same thing with leicester winning the premier league as well so it's just a different kind of a perspective to think you know uh, how they can go about it and in terms of contract there are some contracts that is very cleverly structured so and this is not in violation at all this is just very smart way of looking at it so let's say you want to sign someone for 10 lakhs but you don't think that person is worth 10 lakhs what you can essentially say is like okay we will give you 5 lakhs if you play this is like the performance bonus i'm just trying to explain if you play these many games you get one more lakh if you score this many goals one more if you keep this many clean sheet one more and if all these things you meet so next year your base contract will be 10 lakhs so that we can go up from here for the year after we'll work on you know whatever contracts that we want to work on so because sometimes the valuation of the club and the valuation that the player or this agent feels is not the same so some clubs have tried to do this some have successfully done it also and that's a very smart way of doing business because it is just completely based on performance bonuses so that contract will be credited as worth 10 lakhs if they fulfill certain criteria so in that way the onus is on the player to perform if he wants to get the full money i think that's a very smart way of doing business also well shreyas i think sandeep has answered everything that you wanted to know about salary cap the violations 
the loopholes and probably a way that could that it could be prevented well uh, we have a few more questions abrish mina i am coming to you with the next one lelaus ferns if i am pronouncing the name rightly wants to know with the likes of glan martin sheridan sanson dheeraj devendra performing well at the highest level in asia should steamach consider giving them a debut at the qualifiers in june and not experiment any more because the last time he did it backfired the 6-0 loss i think is what uh, to ua is what this uh, person is referring to i again it depends on what steamach wants right i mean dheeraj for example uh, you ha- already have uh, gurpreet and uh, amrinder so i'm not sure if uh, you know dheeraj is in the pecking order right now um it's like i mentioned i mean depending on what he wants at what position if uh i'm not sure because the, the thing is stimach doesn't necessarily play uh the way juan fernando is making nfc goa play right so i mean i'm not really sure if he would want exactly that he may he may give them a chance say in probables and see what they do in training which is something that i think he is going to do but uh, when it comes to the final squad i think he does have a set uh, you know he has a set idea of the a few players that he definitely wants and then he would see on what who else he can take so um i'm not sure if uh, everyone who performs very well for fc go in the acl is going to actually get a chance in the national team but uh, in the final squad i mean probably in the probables yes they would make it well sandeep isn't this like saying uh, the league winner the players from the league winner side should make it to the national team um yeah a little bit but again it's up to the like uh, abhishekana said it's up to the coach what he wants to do uh from what everything has he has said he said the last games were the ones to pick the right team for the camp in may or uh, for june june qualifiers so uh, i personally don't expect him to make any more uh, changes maybe one or two here and there again after that only goa and bangalore have played so how much of it is it fair because let's say uh, glan makes it and rowlin does not it's not rowlin's fault right? he, he didn't have any opportunity to play so uh, all this will add on to the decision that he has to make but i think is isn't his contract coming to an end in may or something so yep. what's the situation it's there are for renewal in may are, are they going to extend i'm sure they'll extend well that about uh, fc goa players making into the indian team for the FIFA World Cup qualifiers. The remaining reminder of the FIFA World Cup qualifiers will be played in June, and India play in Qatar. Well, we have one more question, guys, and Shubham wants to know: Is there anything being done to align our football calendar with the AFC calendar and expand, like in a way, expand our calendar, which is just four months of football right now? Like Sandeep, you want to take that? Uh, I thought Navin felt very. Uh... dearly about this topic so i was waiting for him to go on a rant and no no i can add to it you all begin i can add to it i mean obviously there is a decision to extend make it a longer league uh, i don't think it will make it uh, you know parallel to the afc campaign or afc calendar as well well i think ideally it makes sense to have it have it run parallelly to your continental competition for two reasons right 
uh one you your your signing of the players also make a make a lot of sense because in january window you bring in players and if your season is to begin there you and like a few initial few matches of your domestic season then you play your continental competition then afc has a break in june july for say a world cup every four years and then uh asian cup break happens just before that like before the season begins in january right and if you are to look at the big footballing nations in asia this is how their calendar goes so you have a qsl that runs from september to february you have a uae league that runs from october to may then you have a iranian league which runs from november to april so in these three cases it's the fag end of the previous edition of the champions league or the afc cup in which these teams are playing which uh, in which the league begins and the uh, and the initial half of the next season uh the next edition of the competition is where your season ends so right now say an alrayan and alwada are coming on the back of a uh for uh, alrayan the season just got over so they are coming on the back of enough match match experience to play the champions league and in case of uae uh, in case of alwada they are in bang in the mid- middle of a domestic competition so game time is not a problem uh then you look at the east side you have a chinese league that run from april to december which is more or less uh, more or less in parallel to how the afc calendar is because afc adopts a a proper calendar and not a footballing calendar which runs from june to august given the way football runs in europe then you have a japanese calendar which runs from feb to december again which is again in accordance with the afc calendar you have a a league calendar which runs from october to april which is more or less also in accordance with the uh, qatar and the uae league and so i think it makes a lot of sense to have your domestic calendar run in parallel to whatever continent you play i think that is one of the reasons why in europe you see uh, your uefa calendar and the domestic calendars of all the domestic leagues in europe run in parallel same happens in africa as well so if india is to expand their calendar and to have more matches added to it which still looks seems like a distant dream to me even though people say it will happen i won't believe it unless and until it happens if it is to happen it will make a lot of sense to have it in accordance with the afc calendar i don't can you see the logistical difficulties in this to have a longer calendar in a, in a country in a footballing ecosystem which is losing so much money now you have to play 27 games for the afc champions league i think they need to play yeah that's a, i think that's a minimum cut off Yeah, so right now an ISL team plays twenty uh, games, right? Plus three if right. I get to the final. So that's twenty-three is the uppermost uh, number. Now, if you want to play a minimum of twenty-seven, and they want to continue with the semi-final final, that will make it thirty games. So uh, yeah, it is going to be interesting. And the clubs deal with the extra logistical money that there another half season that they have to pay off. So yeah, it's a tough question. Also. Sandeep, you speak about the logistical challenges that uh, the team faces, but uh, won't the logistical cha- uh, challenges be a little more eased out when you have more time to plan for your next travel or you have more time to play plan for your next home game? So that depends on when the calendar is released. So if you release the whole calendar at the beginning of the year, sure, you can uh, book uh, tickets and hotels and you know, all these kind of things six months in advance. ISL always releases half calendar. Which is significantly better than I mean, who releases the calendar three days before. So how <laughs> these clubs are going to plan is going to be very difficult. And there is also, and we 
when we started in this profession, right? You and I back in 2013. Right. There were 13 teams or 14 teams in the uh, I League, and that would be around 26 games, right? Or uh, 25, right. 24, 26 games, which is quite decent number of uh, football games to have at that time. So, from a difference between an I League and an ISL is huge because in I League, a lot of things besides Altair and they leave it. In ISL, they need you to do the block the stadium, match day minus two, match day minus one. On the match day, they need all these things. The grass has to be done in a perfect way. And, uh, you know, all the supporters have to have this and that. And they do requirement stadium facilities. All this is a lot of addition to. So even the BFC, right? They started off in the Bangalore Football Stadium. For the ISL, I don't think they can play in the Bangalore Football Stadium. They will have to play in Kandir only because that's the level that they require. And at the same right. time, all the AFC Cup also, you have to play at the same level. So the charges that you're paying for an ISL game to happen at uh, 7.30, 8 o'clock in the night with the lights on and everything, as opposed to playing at 2 p.m. or 4 p.m. without the lights in Aizal or in Bangalore or Shillong, these are all the additional fees that the club has to account for. So, uh, Absolutely agreed on that front, Sandeep. But uh, see, if if there are more number of matches, that means there are more number of days uh, to earn your revenue as well, right? I I am not banking on ticket sales at all because I from from where I look look at it, ticket sales uh, ticket sales are next to negligible for any of the teams in the ISL. Yes, their, their revenue comes. For yeah, for I League for that matter. So their revenue primarily comes from other sources like marketing and so on. So if you have more days, they have no television deal. The biggest money that all these clubs, like we saw the European Super League, the biggest investing reason is the television revenue. Yeah, TV rights. And in ISL, there is a central revenue pool which is shared between the clubs. And if you make it to the semi final final, you get more. But beyond that, there is no TV rights as such. So uh, that's a major difference also. And like every year, we see clubs talking about uh, in this year, uh, Bangalore FC CEO, not CEO, owner, Pat Dindar said 25 to 30 crore loss. Last uh, two years ago, two clubs shut down because they couldn't deal with the loss. And IV teams also, a lot of them have uh, salaries pending from last season that they haven't paid off. So these, these clubs are all struggling financially because it's not a, it's not an enterprise that is giving them too much money. You know, in return to keep it level, like even IPL for the longest of time was bleeding money. Maybe it still is, I don't know. But world over clubs lose money, they are all losing. Even the greatest clubs are 30 40 million in it. So, this is a long term process that you have to look at it as maybe like a like you have this club, maybe the valuation of the club can be this high, or else you can a club someone wants to invest to get a name out of them. Like Kingfisher East Bengal for the longest time, Kingfisher was their sponsor. And that was how they were said, no, McDowell's Mount So the name value that you get being attached to such big clubs is something that uh, maybe that cannot put direct, you know, money value to it as such. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's significantly important. But yeah, logistic, I mean, I don't think all the clubs are in favor for uh, advancing. I may be wrong on this. But something I heard was that not all the clubs are keen on uh, increasing the number of uh, games. All right. But uh, again, I don't. There's no confirmation on this. Someone just randomly told me. So 
Okay. Well, so since, we, since we spoke about revenue and the fact that these clubs are bleeding money, from all the conversations that you have had with club owners and the decision makers in different teams, is there a fair idea in these uh, club in this players uh, in this team owners or the management's mind of when they could probably break even in the ISL? No, I haven't had any major conversation with any ISL owner. Uh, it's much easier to talk to IV owner. Uh, ISL, I don't, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think anybody has any idea of uh, you know how long before it becomes sustainable. Maybe you can say that okay, you run the club wisely, um, you know, invest smartly, recruit smartly, and things of that nature. You you can break even. You don't spend too much salary cap for whatever it's worth. You keep your squad under it, and then you go and you know eventually win the title. So I think uh, that would give you significant amount of money, and then if you qualify for a nation Champions League or something, and then you get master revenues and you know, other things that nature. And you're basically after that once the name value is high, you can go and ask different people to sponsor. Like BFC got Kia, and it came on the back of the performances that they had in the Cup and you know uh, Champions uh, winning the league and things like that. Success begets. Successful. So, if you are successful, sure, you can attract bigger sponsors so that you suddenly get lot of financial. Well, Abhishek, let me ask you this. Uh, we know that, like, even I, a league like an IPL, which in which there is a lot of interest and there's a lot of money flowing, and it took close to ten years for the teams in the IPL to break even. In the ISL, club owners more or less are uncertain what the future is like. So, what is that incentive that you see? Because of which these teams come back year, year in and year out, and compete in this competition over and over again. That they have a contract, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think um, like how Sandeep mentioned. No, I think uh, honestly, no, I don't think anybody has an idea of when they'll be able to break even. Uh, but I think now uh, more and more of these clubs are trying to. look for ways to uh, manage the club better manage the money that they have a bit better and make it as sustainable as possible of course everyone's still losing money but uh, i think barring a couple of clubs everyone's just trying to um, hold back their horses and uh, you know manage their money much better in order to you know stay in it or just you know keep being there because now of course um yes there is this uh, we always see that the indian football community is actually very small but then it's still there and the amount of interest that we've seen like the, the interest level is rising surely so yeah it's also the owners of these uh, clubs now see that and perhaps uh want to have that or want to invest into that as well so which is why they you know they hold on to the project so yeah i think what what most isl clubs are now looking at is just trying to build a better model more a bit more sustainable in whichever way possible i still think it's not sustainable but uh, how much ever they can do i think uh, people are now trying to do that 
that just one small thing okay and i am not going to elaborate on this uh, while the money for the club spending and all there is a lot of you know they struggle there is a lot of money flowing through football indian football and there are some really bad um, agencies let's say because it's not just one person or what yeah who who run a lot of things in a lot of clubs which really have an impact on not just their performance but also uh, uh, financially and uh, there are sometimes that we have mentioned few names here and there you can go back and check and it's not something that i want to really elaborate on because these are things that we sort of pick out and uh, uh, say in between between the lines and things so there are a lot of people and agencies and things of that nature who are sort of mired in uh, what is happening and how the team is uh, how indian football is run in general so like a small no. example of this i can say and this is nothing to do with the uh, money moving and things like that the biggest push for pios or players of indian origin is from the agents why would foreign agents be so interested in pios in an indian team so if anybody can think about that so actually which is why we need a uh, smart management in uh, indian football people need to be really much smarter about uh, things happening around them and be more careful while making decisions well if you are in indian football it's a long drawn journey and so is our journey with injury time and our commitment to you my listener that we will be here to bring you everything that happens in indian football day in and day out Thanks a lot, Sandeep and Abhishek Mina for joining us in this episode of Injury Time. And hey, listener, thank you for staying with us until this very last moment. You can we can continue this conversation on our social media platforms. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. We go by the name at the rate Injury Time I N D. Until we bring you the next episode of Injury Time, have a great time and enjoy the game. And please stay safe.